And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Seeing Red. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red Daily. I'm your host, David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Oates. All right, kids, I know you're like, Scene Red Daily, what the hell is this? Scene Red Daily is our attempt to make it to episode 200 on November 25th, 2016, to celebrate our fourth, right? Our fourth year, fourth year. of podcasting. We missed a shit ton of of episodes last year yeah just because everything went down and for me i feel it's very important to meet that mark you know because we were going to do a third year episode in november and that's kind of when i had my mental breakdown so we missed the third so i we missed one anniversary i don't want to miss another anniversary i don't know so here we are we're going to try to do this every single day um how it works is Monday is seeing red normal. Uh, it's Aaron, Rebecca and I, we do it for an hour. It's just a regular episode. Uh, seeing red daily is multiple mon- or Tuesday through Friday, uh, 20 to 30 minute episodes. Um, there's really no rhyme to reason. It's just something that we want to talk about. Uh, it could be music. It could be video games. It could be, um, best case examples for today is um, something that we both seen. Actually, I got it from Aaron originally. He posted, he uh, posted it on Facebook, and what it was was a picture of Brian Cranston. Um, he is notorious for Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, they have him done up looking like a 1970s version of Stan Lee, and it's a fan movie poster but it says you know uh the stanley story and i was like holy shit it was like a revelation yes it's like take my money i feel the same way like he can he can do so much with that and i I never noticed it until you know they made that poster but he literally is like the spinning image of a younger stanley he really is Yes, and in fact, if they wanted to really go back that far, they could do the 1963, you know, where Stanley's 40 years old, and he's at the crossroads. He's tired of writing comic books. Yeah. And um, his wife, I think his wife was her Janie. I think her name is Janie. Yeah. Um, tells Stan, well, if you're going to quit, just write write that story that you wanted to write, that science fiction story which was uh, the Fantastic Four. Yeah. You know, so go through that whole turmoil, the, the whole thing about, well, you know, do I really want to quit because it's a secure job, but at the same time I'm tired of writing cowboy and Indian stories or romance novels. Yeah. And see, <clears throat> you know the controversy between Stan Lee and Jack Kirby? No. Okay. Because... Stanley was writing so many books, uh-huh. he would call the artists and he's like, 
you know, hey, true believer, I want you to, you know, have this character named Galactus, and he's an eater of worlds, and he's going to come to Earth, and he's going to fight the Fantastic Four, and he's huge, and you put that together, send it to me, and I'll put the dialogue in. Okay? Yeah. That's That would be an outline. Yeah. So Jack Kirby would go draw up the entire comic book, send it to Stan Lee, and Stan Lee would put the words in it. In the 1990s, Jack Kirby sued and said, well, I should be known as the co-creator of Marvel because, you know, Stan told me, okay, do this, and I did it, and then he put the words in. Now, I could go – now, my my opinion is totally – writer based because I'm a comic comic book writer. Yeah. Okay. So say you're an artist, I'm the comic book writer and I came up with this idea for Captain America. No, Captain America is not a good example. I came up with an um, Iron Man. Okay? Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Okay, I've come up with this his name is Tony Stark. His uh, his superhero's name is Iron Man. He wears this iron outfit. It looks like a robot outfit, and it's all this you know gadgets and gizmos, and it it's fueled by this accelerator glowing thing in the middle of his chest. It's implanted there, okay. And then he's gonna get captured in Vietnam, and then while he's in Vietnam, he's gonna go and he's gonna build this suit, and he's gonna beat the bad guys, and then he's gonna go fight the you know become yeah. a superhero. Yeah. I give you that, you go, you draw up the story, you give it back to me, I put the words in. Now, the question is... Whose idea was it? Whose idea was it? As the writers? Yeah. I feel the same way. So, that's... But that's it, is... um, They found it where they they have to consider the artist for any number one issue that's, you know, yeah, creative... They are considered the co-author, co-creator. So Jack Kirby is known like as the co-creator of, of certain Marvel comics. I don't know. I, I just I don't know. That that to me just takes so much away from. You know, I get it. You have a you have a talent. Okay, that's that's the thing is you have a, you have a talent. But that talent is being fueled by somebody else's creativity. Now, when you put that into perspective, Uh all you're doing is, okay, say you know how to make guns, okay? Okay. You're in the military, you know how to make guns, and somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I want this kind of rifle, and this is going to be a standard issue rifle from now on. Well, it's going to have this on it and that on it this on it and that on it, but... They're not the ones that know how to have, how to handle that, so they give it to the people that make the firearms. Now, whose idea was it? The 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 creator guy, yeah. the one with the the idea, yeah. the one with the idea. Yeah. All you're doing is using somebody as a tool, right? Essentially, it's not. And I'm not saying that is is in a bad way, but I'm saying that is literally. That's that's what authors are. Right. Now, you're the pencil, they're the paper. Right. Now, I would say I would say okay, go ahead and give Jack Kirby co-author rights. 
that's totally cool because he co-authored the story. Yeah. But he did not co-create the characters. Exactly. There is a difference. There is a difference. And so, it's not even a fine line. It's a very bold line. It is. <laughs> well, we could, we could certainly go down a rabbit hole. For example, as a, uh, a comic book, someone that used to make comic books, hire people to write, you know, draw them for me. There is a law where I have to give back their original art if they, yes. you know. Now, what am I paying you to do? Okay. I'm paying you to draw my story, right? So that's essentially, again, you're the artist, and I say, hey, paint my picture. So, you know, you go and you paint my picture. I give you 2000 bucks for this painting, and then you go and pick up the picture and say, okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing. Yeah. Because I just paid you to paint me a picture. Yeah. So, but by law, you get the picture and you get money. Yeah. So have that in the Stan Lee movie with Brian Cranston. That's where I kind of got off on a tangent. But, you know, have all that drama put in there. Yeah. It would, it would be really good just because it, like I said, he looks, uh, and I never thought about this before until today, early in the morning. It was probably about 8 o'clock I seen this. I was like, wow, you know, that, that really does look like Stan Lee. That'd be something that's, that would turn out really good. I think so. Because especially now, it's like Stan Lee's, you know, he's in the last stages of where, you know, anything could happen to him. Well, yeah, because he's, what, 93, 94 yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a story floating around um, – I don't remember. I heard it on a podcast, but nowadays I listen to so many different podcasts. I can't yeah. tell you, you know, who's done what. But he has uh, a person that is with him all the time, just in case anything were to happen. Mm -hmm. And I remember the guy's name was Max. And Stanley is so accident prone because Stanley doesn't think that. I mean, he he knows that he's ninety three, ninety four years old. Yeah, but he doesn't think about being 93 94 yeah he'll try to do shit that you know a normal person like we would do yeah you know of, of younger age yeah and he constantly if it wasn't for you know his uh his uh caregiver max <laughs> he would have probably you know broken bones broken a hip you know oh, all types yeah. of shit yeah i just he Pretty much changed the entire enter entertainment industry, if you think about it. Because guess what? When I was a kid, when you were a kid, you know? Yeah. It. Those kinds of things were frowned upon. Now it's so mainstream that it's like, oh, Batman, oh, Iron Man, oh, Captain America, you know? Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider, all this shit. And nobody understands, like, what it was like being somebody who liked that stuff and, and and oh here comes the term hipster well you know we liked this shit before anybody else did right you know we were who we were and we are who we are now it's the same thing and it's now it's become a fad right it's popular so you know you you walk into a movie these people are like, oh man, yeah, yeah, that's such a good movie, blah blah blah, <laughs> and you're like, this is wrong, it's just so wrong, you know. But 
as a cinematic uh, person would just look at it, it's a movie. It really is. It's just a movie. Right, right. Story, perfect example. X-Men, we've seen that. You want to talk about that real fast? Yeah, we could, we could talk about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's so many... There's so many things wrong with X-Men Apocalypse. So Actually, I was going to say, there's nothing right about it. No. I mean, technically, there's, no. there's nothing right. Other than the characters, and half of the characters don't even really have an identity. They don't look like the characters, other than being the name. Speaking of the characters, I think my biggest hang-up about it is the fact that they have Havoc as the older brother and Cyclops as the, the younger brother. brother. Yeah, That is... That drives me really well. Number one, if if anybody knows anything about me, my favorite superhero is Cyclops. Yeah, and and it's you know Batman's a close second, but it's Cyclops. He's he's my favorite. So when you screw up my favorite character, I take that really personal. Yeah, and it's just me because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Um. I seen it twice. Um, we went for your birthday the second time. Yeah. Uh, they should have called it the M M Men. Yeah. Uh, for Mystique. Yep. But because she she was well number one she was it, she wasn't even mistake maybe. Maybe they, we should call it the J-Men for, you know, Jennifer, because she was Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. The Almost the entire time in the movie. Yeah, no, she, what, transformed maybe twice? Yeah, a handful time. of times, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's like, they made her the leader of the X-Men. I'm like, she's Mystique. Yeah. <laughs> she's a shapeshifter. shapeshifter. That's, that's it. That's... She's, well... I'm not even going to say in the comic book because this movie has almost completely nothing to do with the comic book other than, you know, the basis of what's going on. And not even that. The characters is probably the most common thing that they have between the comic book and the cinematic universe as far as X-Men goes. So, uh, it's just... <clears throat> Mystique is a highly trained assassin in the comic book. Right. And this... She's nothing but a two-bit little pickpocketer. <laughs> Legitimately, she really is. It's like the only thing that she can do is, oh, okay, got it. Okay, let's go. You know, that's only, about it. I was going to say, the only thing worse than that is Angel in the movie. Oh, yeah. Angel. <laughs> wow. You, you scratch your head. You're like, ah. Uh, now, you're like, oh, cool, look, it's Angel. And then you're like, wait a second. What's going on here? What the fuck? Oh, Archangel. Wait, that's not Archangel. Wait, no, 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 no. All this is wrong. Well, the first time I seen, okay, because they have, they're holding Angel spoilers if you haven't seen this. Um, we should have did that ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're they're they have Angel as a, a prisoner. They have Nightcrawler as a prisoner, and they're gonna make him fight in this electronic like zappy uh, cage yeah. thing. It's like a giant bird cage, but it's electrified. Now, if Brian Singer would have taken the time 
and done just a little bit more research on Angel, he would have realized that Angel is Warren Worthington III, the son of one of the richest Americans. You know, it's fictional, of course. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's the son of one of the richest Americans, Warren Worthington Jr., the CEO of Warren or Worthington Enterprises. Now, if and it doesn't even matter if he's a multimillionaire, but if your kid comes up missing, wouldn't you, you have? Know, yeah. yeah, wouldn't you have like the police out? And if you were a billionaire, you'd probably have like the FBI or something. You know, Interpol, all types of shit out and about. Yeah. I mean, that's just something that kind of popped into my head. No, yeah, of course. That's the same way I feel. It's like, okay, my thing is, is with what he tried to do was redo his own characters and made his own characters even worse than what they already were originally. Right. Okay. I like the other guy better as Angel. I don't know what kind of writing tips that he had when, you know, he was doing the script for what was it, X three. Or was it X2? It was X3, wasn't it? X3, yeah, but he, he, Singer didn't do X3. That oh. was uh, Vaughn. Uh, I can't think of his first name, but it was Vaughn. I want to say Christopher Vaughn? No. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I was yeah. going to say, I don't have my phone on me, so... Well, okay... What he did based off of Brian Singer's trash thing, um, <laughs> you know, he actually picked it up, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it was just like <laughs> the best thing about X-Men Apocalypse was the fact that we all now know that this was the final Brian Singer movie. X-Men movie. That was the <laughs> best thing about this movie. Yeah. Um, like, I, I liked, um, Storm. Yeah. I, I wish they would have fleshed her character out a little bit more because she seemed very one dimensional. Yeah. Um, actually they all seemed very one dimensional now that I'm sitting there it thinking was, about it's it. It's just because there were so many characters, a lot of which they never explained, but had cameos. There's so many characters that they just they couldn't fill in with backstory, so they had to be, you know, pushed to, pushed off to the side because of you know these main characters, you know, multiple main characters, obviously, um, that you know they're showing, basically showcasing, you know, Jean Grey, you know, uh, Cyclops, big one Cyclops because they introduced him at the very beginning and he became you know the troubled. Uh, mutant boy that's struggling with his powers same thing with gene grace that's that's you know where they're getting at there on top of you know they don't have colossus or iceman or you would think colossus would be in this movie yeah exactly after deadpool yeah that's one of that's one of the things that kind of bothered me but you know you can't really give them too much flack because i don't even think that Fox did Deadpool, did they? Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, because That's it's an weird. X. It's an X Men character. So, um, anything with an X in it, X Men, X Factor, X Force, Weapon X, Mutant X, that's all Fox. Wow. Now, 
there, even though it was like a two hour, two plus about two and a half hour. There, there was about a good twenty minutes of a film out of it. Yeah. Um, of course, the best one in the film was with uh, Quicksilver. Yes. Where he goes through and he rescues everyone in uh, the mansion. Spoilers, because it's uh, Havoc accidentally blows up the mansion. <laughs> Which, yeah, we're not even going to get into that. Nah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that was the best part because it, and just the shit that he did was. Now, if you try to think about it and put it in perspective, as far as like how fast, yeah, he went. He was just if if he were actually moving that fast in reality, he'd be moving. He'd be he'd be going so okay. We're going to veer off from uh, Marvel a little bit and talk about DC because of The Flash. The Flash right. is a similar character, Quicksilver. Uh-huh. Okay. If he was moving that fast, okay, The Flash can't even move that fast. The Flash is capable of reversing time right. and going into a whole other parallel dimension. dimension. So if he was moving that fast, he'd outrun The Flash. Now, I mean, it was cool the way that they did it. It was, it was so... It, it was comical it was but it was it was so uh dramatic at the same time it was overkill yeah so i i think you know one of the things that they did was they 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 played on that and then they they used quicksilver as basically the comic uh relief relief yeah and you know quicksilver is not really a comic kind of character no he's more like he's he's like a stern um, very uh, straight to the point. Yeah, no game. Yeah, he's he's very he's very much uh, Magneto's son. Yeah, you know he, he's very like you said he, stern, he stands serious for what he believes in. You know he's gonna do what he's gonna do regardless if anybody gets in his way or not. That's exactly Magneto. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of what has to do with you know the character development in you know everything else that goes on with Fox is just terrible. I mean, hopefully they get a better writer. Brian Singer, yeah, okay, cool, boom. Anybody can do anything with cinematics as long as you got money. True. That's just that's, that's you know. Right. We've seen really really shitty movies with really good CGI and really good makeup effects, but it's just like giant crap. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm thinking about it. I want to apologize. I'm sure that you guys can hear it in the background. Um, this is the day after 4th of July. This is July 5th. And we still have assholes that are popping. Lighting off firecrackers and shooting bottle rockets and big-ass fireworks. And unfortunately, our dog in the front has PTSD when it comes to fireworks. So I actually had to chain her up to where she's not banging and clashing at the door. So our door doesn't get any more ruined than it already is. So we apologize for that. So yeah, so you, that I'm sure you can hear the yeah. dog in the background freaking out, and that's why is because some jackass is um, lighting off fireworks a day after the holiday. Mind you, our county, our city, illegal fireworks. Yes, all fireworks are illegal. Yeah, but that doesn't stop you know the um, low life. Yeah, 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 low life. My thing is, it's like, okay, if you're going to light up fireworks, 
go to Adelanto. Fireworks are legal on Adelanto. Which is only like a 30, 45 minute drive from yeah. here. So, I don't understand. Anyway, getting back to the point here, we kind of veered way off, but this Stanley movie needs to happen. It does. It does. Brian Cranston is a very, very good actor. He's very versatile. He's been in tons and tons of stuff. Best two things he's ever done that I've seen, uh-huh. Malcolm in the Middle and Breaking uh-huh. Bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know him from Malcolm in the Middle. I've never watched Breaking Bad. That's a really, really good series. And you'll see why. It's kind of a slow start, but for anybody that wants to watch it and you're interested in this whole Stan Lee with, thing with him, you'll see why I, I honestly highly recommend him as being Stan Lee. Aside, yes, boom. Um, aside from being, you know, the person that just looks like him, because a lot of people can look like other people and not pull off, you know, what they're trying to do with a movie. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, he is a good actor. He's very good at drama. He's very good at com- uh, comedy as well. So I think that he's, you know, really, really well ticed to do this. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, it wouldn't be like a, a Fox movie. It, w- it would be a Marvel movie. It would be a Marvel movie. And I think it would be, oh my God, we need to start a petition. Yeah. This needs to happen. Well, this is what they did with Deadpool. Yeah. They started a, pe- a petition to start Deadpool. Everybody's like, oh, Deadpool, 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 Deadpool. And then, yeah, they started filming a little bit of Deadpool. And then Ryan Reynolds is like, you know what? I'm tired of this. You know, the fans are wanting Deadpool. I'm enjoying, you know, the filming of it. And they stopped filming Deadpool for a long time. I was reading or I was reading this online and I seen it, him talking about it in an interview. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I'm tired of, you know, the, the, the stalling. So what he did was he, he recorded it. They were doing a preview of it at some conference thing. And he took his phone and he recorded it. And as you can tell, it's like it's like right here where his leg is. And he's recording it up at the screen. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen that, right? I think so. Where it's like it looks like it's panned out from the, the corner of the room. Uh-huh. Well, he was recording that and he put it out on uh, something and – he basically said it uh, I wanted to push the fans to push the movie. He's like, I didn't do it. All I did was give the fans a tool and they did the rest. So A plus for him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the movie was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay kids, that's it. That's seeing Red Daily in a nutshell. We just came in, we kinda talked our minds about the Stanley movie and about Marvel and X Men. And kind of geeked out a little bit. Yep. So for this episode, I am David K. Montoya. And I'm Aaron Illich. And come back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Yep. Seeing Red Daily. Bye-bye. Welcome to Seeing Red. Say we didn't warn you.